Kumlen and Ablak Tamara. We are up to Dafmem Ches Amel Aleph. And they were discussing the you know, everything that belongs to rights that the father has over his daughter. So we're up to the Gemara here. Uh, five lines, six lines at the top of the page. The last thing we learned about was what are the responsibilities? And uh, we, in, first we had a Braisa that seems to learn that the fact that the husband has to provide for his wife is only a takonus hachamim, and as a compensation, according to Rav Hun, at least, which we have lately tomorrow, um, therefore all the earnings go to him, but therefore she has the right to say, I don't want to, Shlokas disagrees, but nevertheless, it's, um, she has no right to say that, but nevertheless, it's, it's takonus hachamim. Then we brought two opinions that the word she, that she'eda or oina means that you have to provide for your wife, which would mean, it seem that they argue that's ma'atayra. And uh, at least that's according to Rajbam, how he learns trapped. So continue. Tadila Beishavesh learned she'eda. Know what she'eda means? Could we have a different interpretation of what she'eda means? The first one we had was a she'eda means food. Others say she'eda means actually intimate relations. And Abelizmi Yaki came along and said that she'eda ksusa is one Kind of thing. What kind of dress should you buy for your wife? Something that's you know that suits her, her physiology and and so on. Abiyasa said she'ed is a kila basa. You know what she'ed means? That when you have intimacy, you should actually be um, body to body. Shlagini b'mini parsim. Don't follow those the parsim who were very modest. Shemeshamshin mitusei and bilvashen. They used to have uh, intimate relations and be fully dressed. B'sayeile ravuna. This supports ravuna. Dom ravuna ravuna said. If somebody says efshi. I cannot have intimate relations. I with my clothes and she with her clothes. They have to divorce and he has to give her a because it's not the normal way. In Bachsidim, we used to interpret if you're going to have a relationship, we're talking about relations there, very close relationships, you have a skashas with a Rebbe and you say, I'm going, to have a, I'm going to be totally devoted to my Rebbe, but in my terms, I need, you know, that what? That I need a big D. And the big deal, in my terms, the way I am dressed, the way I am, and I'm going to change it all, that doesn't work. Okay, in the mission that we had an opinion of Yehuda, and Yehuda came along and said that you have to, uh, that, he, that you have to, you know, also pay for all the burial uh, of, your, of your wife and, um, and so on. Um, and Yehuda says, even a poor person, the minimum should be two flutes, and a woman who, who uh, says the kinnus and, 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 and causes people to cry. A lamenter. <clears throat> says the Gemara, um, and, and, and the reason why you pay for the quarter is, and, and, and the compensation for that, we said that the dowry that, the, that she brought into the marriage remains with him. Abuda said, the village of Israel, Mikhail Tanakam, and Mizanakam argues, he holds, Hani Loi, Hechadam, what's exactly the case? Now, we have a very interesting concept in Allah, and that is that a woman, a woman goes, rises with a husband, but doesn't fall. In other words, if he, let's say, his economic status is higher than hers, then she rises with him to his level. But if his economic status or um, social status is below hers, she doesn't go down to him. He's responsible to make sure that he continues treating her as if where she came from. So lots of story here. We say that the minimum for a poor person is two flutes and a lamenter. Either if it's common, then my tanakam kind of come. Our tanakam would say that no, you don't have to buy that for her. No, if it's not common to have two flutes and a lamenter, then my time you do. Why would you say that it's mandatory to have one? It's common for him, and it's not common for her. It's how So for him and his family, they have two flutes and a lamenter. But for her family, where she comes from, they don't have that. 
So Tanakama holds, you're right, that we have to rise, she has to rise to his level, but it's only while she's alive, not when she passes away. When do we say, when do we say that she rises with him and does not go and go, um, uh, what do you call it, um, does not go down with him, as long as she's alive. And the case of the Gemara later on talks about that he that he wants her to nurse his son, and she comes from a family where they don't nurse, they usually hire a wet nurse. And nursing the child then is very painful, and they and she was interested. And the din is that she has to allow her to continue with a wetness. She has to provide for wetness. We can learn later about all kinds of interesting obligations that a husband has for a wife. Once she's dead, Lloyd no longer has a responsibility to make sure that she rises to his station. Um, Rabbi says, even Lachamisa, that's the argument. Even after she after she died, you still have to take care of her on his level. Another case, if somebody, let's say, became suddenly lost his mind, and we're going to learn soon, in just a nutshell, that a child up to six years old, and it's mandatory to, to provide for them and take care of them. From between six and 12, by a girl, six and 13, I guess, by a boy, it's a, a takana of Usha that you have to continue to take care of your child, providing for them, and beyond, and that might be, <coughs> and beyond that, it's called tzedakah, taking care of your children once they're mature, that they can take care of themselves and you continue providing for them, you are fulfilling the mitzvah of tzedakah. Which we'll talk about more in the next few days. So what happens if somebody somebody suddenly lost his mind and we now have to go in and take uh, proceeds from his assets to take care of his family. And what Tesla learns, till now, <coughs> hitherto, he was providing for his kids as well. Even though he didn't have to, he was providing for his kids. Because if he wasn't providing for his kids till now, then why would you change now and suddenly start providing for his kids? So he wasn't, he was providing for his kids, but now suddenly he became a fool. He could stop whenever he wanted. What happens now? Bezin, Yordan, and the the Bezin intervenes, they go down to his assets, because only finds that they continue to provide for his wife, wife, Ubonov, Ubonov, his sons and daughters, and Dovaracha. One other thing, which you might explain in a minute, what Dovaracha means. Why is Nishtata any different than the case where a man travels overseas? And um, he didn't give any instructions what to do, who to provide for and so on and so forth. But here it says you do not provide for his kids. Even though he till now he provided for his kids, you no longer provide for his kids if he's not here. We can't just walk in and take. What's the difference? Nishtata became a fool or he travels. And the woman says he didn't leave us any money. Who they provide for each his wife. Not his sons, not his daughters. And they don't do the other thing as well. What's the difference? Amalei, he said back to Lord, you see the difference? And very simple. Here, the guy used to give, in both cases, he used to provide for his children, but he would travel overseas. He, if he wanted the children to be continued, he should have said something, and he didn't. That means it's a deliberate thing, a mission, and that you have no right to go ahead and provide. But if someone became a shaita suddenly, he didn't have an opportunity to give instructions, and therefore, we look at what he did till now, and then we say, well, obviously, he wants that to continue. Well, the difference goes out willingly, and someone does not, deliberately. What's this other thing you're talking about that in the case of Shaitan we continue? In the case of when you travel overseas, we don't continue. What in the world is Rachiza says a tachshit? That's all kinds of, you know, <coughs> you know, some incense, perfumes, and all that kind of stuff. And Abiyaza says tzedakah, to give tzedakah from his estate. Mandam a tachshit, the one who says that what? Now, the way it actually learns, we're discussing the, the second part, the one who travels overseas that he says does not include, does not include the Barach. 
So the one who says it does not include taxes, which is personal to keep his wife beautiful, the Koshkin Zdokka, surely we have no right to take Zdokka. And Mandamba Zdokka, but the one who says that uh, means we have no right to take Zdokka if he didn't give us any instructions about Tachshidya But when it comes to beautifying his wife, that will do without asking any questions. You think he wants his wife to start looking ugly? Of course, he'd be happy if his wife looked beautiful. So therefore, we can go in. That's how Rashi learns. In one of his pshatim, says he further. This is case number three. Somebody went overseas, and his wife suddenly died while he was away overseas. Bezin, you know, the chassid bezin steps in the koyvin oisa, and they go ahead and they bury her according to his uh, his um, status in the community. Says the Gemara, according to his status, and not according to her status. Status. <clears throat> if her status is higher than his, then it should be according to her status. Because <clears throat> um, even the ones that before we said before that after she died, we don't really uh, say you have to go rise to his status. But definitely, she, he shouldn't lower to his status. If his status is lower than hers. It shouldn't be lower to that. Amos say afli that what that whichever one is better, that's the status you go after. Comes to teach you that what that you, she always rises with him, but does not go down with him. Even after they died, like the opinion that says, even after they died, you continue and giving um, 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 according to whatever the highest status is, which is the opinion um, of the what do you call it, of Rabbi Huda, who says you know two flutists know that. I would have asked if somebody says e mason. If somebody says while he's dying on his deathbed, he says, if my wife dies, of course, obviously he's going to preach Caesar. If my wife dies, I don't want to use my assets to bury her. We listen to what he has to say. <clears throat> why? Because as soon as he dies, she collects her ksuva. So once he collects her ksuva, the only reason why we said that he has to pay for burial rights is because she, because he gets her ksuva, you know, the dowry everything else. But if he dies first, she collects the ksuva. And therefore, why should they have to pay for her burial? <clears throat> uh, so, um, sorry, um, so because once she collects ksuva, then, then there's no longer, uh, he has anything, in, and, and who who pay for it? Her heirs, who collect her ksuva, they'll pay for it. Why is it any different than in the state falls before the same that the and he's since he's no longer alive, it falls before his his, his children, they're not liable to pay for the quarter. They didn't took it on. What's the big deal here? Of course, once he's dead, he no longer is alive. Of course, the children who inherit him don't have the responsibility to pay his debts, his obligations. If he says, if he dies, who like if a guy dies, he says, I don't want you to spend money on me. He was very, he was, he was very, um, I guess, frugal. And he said, I want you to spend money on me. Let the community pay for my burial. Let someone go collect money, raise money, and collect my burial. Ain't shameless. We don't listen to him. He's talking about himself. You're not believed to make your children wealthier. But if you can afford it, you have absolutely no right to make it the community responsibility to take care of them. You're not allowed to do that. You have to take care of yourself. You only have a right to go to the community and seek help is if you have no choice, no other alternative. Next, Mishnah. Okay, we're talking about the rights of father and daughter. The daughter always remains in the in the domain of the father until she goes into the domain of a bal of a husband. 
which we'll see in the Gemara means a chuppah, in order to get married. Once you go to the chuppah for Nesuyim, that's when we say that it, she now moves over to the husband's control. What about the father gave it over to the, <clears throat> to the agents that the husband sent? Not to the husband himself, but his agents. That's tantamount to giving it over to the husband. What about when the father travels with them? That means he never relinquishes rights. Or his agents went together with the agents of the husband. I mean, he never relinquishes rights and they continue in the domain of his father, of her father. The agents of the father gave, handed it over, her over to the agents of the husband. That's it. She now belongs to the husband. When you say that it always belongs to the father until the chuppah. La Fuke, this comes to negate the opinion of Mishnah Shani, the very first page we learned in the which is that normally a husband and wife are engaged for 12 months. What happened? The 12 months expire and the husband still did not get married. He already takes out all those um, responsibilities and obligations, even though they're not married yet. Now we learned the Gia's man, the time came to get married. She can ready eat. This is the first Mishnah. The first Mishnah says that he now has to provide for her. Furthermore, if he's a client, she can go ahead and eat Truma. Now, why? Maha Torah, as soon as they got engaged, she can eat truma. The reason why she doesn't eat truma, I'll tell you, we have two opinions, and we'll have two opinions more later. Either Mishum Simpan, what happened to get married, he finds out that she has this defect. There's such a major defect that um, it unravels the entire marriage. I mean, she was never married to him in the first place, like a mekach tos. That's one concern. The other concern is that she's still living at home. She might take the truma and, and distribute it amongst her family members. Those are two possible reasons. But 12 months go by. And um, and still didn't get married. And if you're married, he has to provide her, and now she can start eating the truma. Our mission here disagrees with that and says this is the second mission that says not truma. So come to negate truma. In every other respect, after 12 months, the husband is responsible, but not truma. She does not eat truma. <clears throat> In fact, we'll see him arguing Musa, Rabbi Shlusha Baal, Rabbi Shlusha Baal, he gave over to the agents of the husband, now totally the main husband. When we say giving over to the agents of the husband, there was no chuppah yet. It, she's considered as if she's his wife, except for Truman. Except for Truman. <clears throat> and why except for Truman? Because the way Rashi learns, I doesn't agree, but Rashi learns is that this opinion follows of the reason because it's simple, and therefore giving it over to the agents of the husband doesn't help. It's still the possibility that he'll find out that she has this flaw, this defect that will unravel the entire marriage retrospectively. Um, Bravasi, um, Bravasi says, after Truman, no, in every respect, she's now his wife, once he gave her shluchim about, because he said the only reason is he might distribute to her own family, but now that she's with the shluchim of the husband, she's no longer home, there's no concern. Okay, so we have an argument between Rav and Ravasi. Rav said that bar Truman, Ravasi says everything. Others say he the son of Rav asked Ravasi. He says now Mishnah she belongs to the father until she enters the chuppah. Now actually, our Mishnah does not use the words chuppah. Um, it just says until she goes to the shusabal for marriage. But we're interpreting what does that mean? It means chuppah. So it says clearly from here that. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> that you said it in every respect belongs to the husband. It's clearly his. It's not, it's, 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 as far as Truman is concerned, it's not go over to the main husband until it actually enters uh, the chuppah. <clears throat> but he wrote, Omlu Rav, Rav said to son, Chiyah, I don't want to tell you, if you never ask a question from a Bryce or a Mishnah that can be interpreted two different ways. Because whatever way you interpret, the other opinion can interpret differently. So what's the point of your question? He can answer you, he can answer to you that giving them, 
giving over to the, to the shluchim of the husband, zuhi, that's tantamount to going into a chuppah. It's, it's as if it's in the husband's domain. Because the Mishnah doesn't actually use the word chuppah. It means the shuzabal. So that's the shuzabal. And therefore she permitted each room. No proof one way. Now we have another opinion. Shmuel says that in fact it does not when she goes, as long as they don't really get married, then giving over to the shluchim of the husband is only, it's only, it's only one respect but goes under the husband's domain. But that's it. Forget about Truman, not only in Truman, other things as well. For example, he cannot know her vows and so on and so forth. And the only thing that is, is if she dies now. Once she's with the agents of the husband, she dies, then um, he inherits her. But that's about it. He inherits also the, the dowry that came across and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Why? Because he gave it over ready. Once he gave it over to the shluchim of the husband, as if you're Michael, the father was Michael, said you can have the dowry and so on and so forth. But when it comes to Truma and even annulling the vows and so on and so forth, or, or, or anything that she finds, all those things doesn't go to the husband. Second mother, Reishlaki, so she has a third opinion. Reishlaki says, Lik Suvasa. Reishlaki says to Ksuva, what does that mean? Suvasa, my, what does it mean? The Imesa, that if she dies, Yoritla. The only thing that happens if it goes to the domain of the, of the husband, that means it goes to the Shluchim, is that if she dies, he yashes the dowry. It's like what Shmuel said, what Reishlaki is saying differently. Omar um, Ravina says, no, you meant something else. You know what means? If, uh, let's say, the husband dies right now, and then she gets remarried, even though she never lived with the husband, didn't even have a chuppah, just went, you know, just went to the shluchim of the husband, and she marries again, she's no longer considered a basula. She's now considered a, a, a married woman who was divorced, uh, or, or, or a widow, and therefore she only receives uh, $100. <clears throat> she's called like an almona from Nusuyin. That's what it is. They both say, they say, that it completely goes over the husband after Truma, also the Truma knows they hold just like Ravasi. That she completely in the husband, even Truma. Rav says everything except Truma. And Shmuel says nothing except the only thing that does go over the husband is Yerusha. And, um, and Shlokia seems to hold like that as well. But Shlokia says, but now she said, Almona, as far as marriage to another person is. Mesa, that's a question. Um, the father went to the Shluchim with the husband together. The ages of the husband together with the Shluchim with the husband. Let's say she had happened to have a courtyard on the way to traveling and she happened to have a property on the way. And they went there to sleep for the night, not as a married couple, just you know, to sleep for the night, to rest. The base baila, even if everything already was moved, transferred to the husband, to the house of husband. If Mesa, if she died, since there was no marriage yet, and they were just traveling, and the father never relinquishes rights, is avia yosha. Everything goes back to the father, even though right now it's physically sitting in the husband's domain, and nevertheless he has to give it right back to the father because nothing happened. But if Masra Abu Shluchiaba, let's say the father gave it over, handed it over to the shluchim of the husband, the shluchim of the father gave it over, or he happened to have a property on the way they were traveling, and they, and they spent the night in Lashum Nusun, and their intention was actually to get married, uh, in, 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 uh, biblically, even though the, the, the dowry is still sitting in her father's house, it hasn't even been physically transferred to her husband, makes that she dies, the husband inherits her.
And then it continues it. So here he's talking about a case where he gave it over to the shulchan of the husband. And it says it's limited. Ahmed, what, when do we say that the husband took over the domain in what respects that he takes over the dowry? When it comes to Truma, she has no right to eat Truma. Clearly, Rashi says the word Dukulu means everyone except Shmuel, because Shmuel said the same thing, that in every respect it does not go over transfer to the husband, only as far as the Yerusha, the dowry is concerned. That's exactly what the Bryce says. It's all the other ones who say that in every other respect, it moves it transfers to the domain of the husband. It seems not so. But other Rishayin learn from the language of the Gemara to you to the Kula means it's a question of Shmuel as well. And they learn different ways how that is. First of all, Hagufa Kasha, I have another question here. There's a digression. It seems to be a little contradiction here in this Brisa. In the first part, it says, that they went together because their purpose was only to rest for the night. They're not considered married. Time in the Lolin, because they went for that purpose. Hostile, unless they had no, nothing in mind. Neither, neither marriage nor for a rest. It just went stepped over. The shamelessly, and it sounds like they, they would be considered as if they got married. Amos say, if I look at the end, when do we consider as if they got married? Specifically, had in mind, but Stam when it says over here, when it talks about the difference between these times, is not what the purpose was. The difference is who owned the property on the way. And it goes as follows. Both cases are talking about you went in Stam. You had nothing in mind. If it was her property, you know, she's not going to be the one who's going to be aggressive here. It's going to be... Um, the, the one who's going to initiate anything. So therefore, they went for sleep. But if it's his property, then we can say that he, that's, that's what he had in mind, even though it was only Stam. Tell we learned, so what happened? The father gave her over to the shulchan of the husband while they were taking her, escorting her to the husband's property. Somehow or another, she was able, she was mezana with maybe one of them. She's no longer considered a psul. Remember, we said Naira, uh, only a Naira while she's engaged. Once she's given over to the shlucham of the husband, she's no longer considered engaged. It's as if the already sort of the marriage started. And therefore, she commutes from skila, stoning, to chenek, like a married woman. Menana, um, how do you know that? Says the Pasek, Lizna's basically the husband accuses her, um, um, his wife, by Maitzi Shemra, and says, and that she did a terrible atrocity and she brings witnesses. And what did she do? Lizna's base of the She was Mazana while she was still in the father's house. Prat But once she left the father's house, no longer does she get skilla. Says, well, how do you know to exclude once she physically left the house and moved over to the Shulchan of the Baal? Maybe you have to do more than that. Maybe they have a practical chubal and Maybe it's coming to say if she got married to her husband, even though they had no intimate relations, that's considered base habal, the house of the husband, and therefore she no longer gets skilla. How do you know that even in the period before that, just giving over to the Shulchan while they're all traveling on the road, it's considered already the domain of the husband no longer based on because we don't need a POSIC to tell you chupa. Chupa, we know from another POSIC that if they physically got married in a chupa, even though they had no relations, of course she's no longer considered a, a, an arusa, she's an sewer, and therefore she gets chenic strangulation. If we're going to say, and then we have a POSIC, listeners based on to tell you, and not if it's outside based on it comes to it comes to add to that. And the next stage is give it over to the shulchan of the husband. What's that passage that we know about chuppah? We already had before. It says the passage, and if there was a nairus, so there's a few things there. It's very descriptive. A nairus has to be a certain age. A psulus has to be a certain status. And a has to be engaged. And then, you know, somebody seduced her. Naira v'leib again. Once she's an adult, over 12 and a half, 
and the laws have changed. Psula label has to be absolute, and not if she's already had relations. And Ma'irasa engaged for married. every married and Bu'ul is not the same thing, married and having you know and no longer being absolute the same thing. What's the difference? Minus married is that the same thing as love marriage means that they enter the chupa, but nothing happened. Says the the now the Rashi says it's not really a question, it's more like a general question, not a not a kasha, but more like a shaila. Let us say, maybe we should say that if, let's say, the husband uh, uh, dies, um, then she should automatically revert back to her father's estate and everything goes back to normal. Because it says in the Mishnah, once she gives over to the Shulchan of the husband, she becomes now the domain of the husband. And it sounds like that even now the husband dies, it's too late, she's no longer in the father's uh, control. Now, um, since the whole idea that learning that, that we're teaching to go to Shluchim about, we learn from an extra pasuk because it says Beisavir. So maybe, but if the husband is no longer around, maybe she goes right back to the Beisavir. And therefore, if she would um, have Snus now, she should get skilled. So it's not really that cash, it's more of a probing. That we learned from the Rabbi Tzadra he discussed it. Now, what did he say? Now, what? That she no longer reverts once you leave. Once you leave the, your father's house, you no longer go back in that sense. It says in the passage by vow that says, the vow of an almana, widow or a brusha, divorcee, whatever she decides to take upon herself, she has to keep. She's a widow or divorcee, she's in her own control. Of course, she has to observe them. She, she made a vow. What's the chiddush here? She's no longer in the domain of a father, no longer domain of a husband. She's in control, self-control. So of course she has to be responsible for them. Ella, the case is here. It must have come teach you. Let's say the father gave over to the agents of the husband. Well, the agent of the father gave it over. Then this she became a widow in the way, and this guy she divorced. So what's the status now? She never really went to the chuppah. She's just traveling, but with the shluchim of the husband. What's the status now? Do we say base of via shalzu? Is she considered like part of it? She reverts back to her family, or she base bailo shalzu, or she now is transferred to her husband, but her husband just died. And the lema to tell you, even she yotza shor achim shusa of the pastors come and tell you here by almond and grusha that she's responsible in the case where the father gave over to the husband's agent, then the husband died. You should know that she no longer goes back to once she's one minute out of the father's rishus, she's out. The father can no longer know the vows. Amara Papa says, we'll just go to the Mishnah. Amara Papa says, because it's just uh, supporting this, this view. We actually learned this very thing. Someone in relations with a girl who was engaged. She has to be a Naira, 12 and 12 and a half, Psula, a virgin, and she was engaged. And we add the words, and she has to be in her father's house. What does that mean? We understand those three things. We mentioned them before already, you know, the, the criteria. But base of year, what do you mean in the father's house? And not what? Lamuti, my, what do you come to exclude? Lav Lamuti, come to exclude that once once the father gave it over to the agents of the husband, even though the husband dies, no longer base of year. So that supports what, um, what the Robert just said. I'm not going to talk about any elsewhere as well. Somebody has relations with a married woman, so she's about the moment that she enters the Rishus 
of her husband for the sake of marriage, even though they had no relations. And at this stage, she's no longer considered a, um, an, uh, what called a girl that's engaged, but rather a girl that's married, and therefore you only get chenek. It doesn't say that she went to the chuppah, it just says it entered the domain of the husband, including just to transfer it to his agents. That proves this point.